It's amazing to think that these prophecies in the book of Daniel are about 2,500 years old, and yet they have never been more applicable or relevant than they are today. It would appear that we are nearing the very events that are described in the book. It cannot be a denial that there's certainly a focus on Israel. It's in the news almost every day. The exact powers that need to come together are doing just that. Russia and China conducting combined military activities. Syria and the Arab world always at hostility against Israel, clearly predicted. The church is drifting into an indifference and apostasy. There are major cosmological disruptions that are occurring all over the world from hurricanes to earthquakes. There is a major unprecedented moving among nations for what would appear to be a centralization of political power. There's a rise in homosexuality predicted as it would be in the days of Lot. All of this says to us the church age is just about over. Before the events of Daniel unfold, Christians are going to be caught up in the air to meet the Lord in the air, and I believe this could happen at any moment. Now, what are we to do as we wait for that? What should we be doing as we wait for the rapture of the church? Should we sell everything we own and form some commune? Should we sell everything and quit our jobs and live in a tent and focus our attention on a time when the whole world is going to ultimately experience chaos? I think we get an answer to that from the book of Daniel. And we get an answer from this text that was dealing with end times. Because what basically Daniel is told here is, Daniel, just go your way. In fact, you'll notice that two times Daniel is told that. Verse 9, he said, go your way, Daniel. He says it again in verse 13, but as for you, go your way. What Daniel was to do was to keep studying, to keep praying, to keep working. That's what he was to do until the end. See, Daniel is told by God, go your way. He's not told, change your way. He was a man who was on the right path. He was a man who believed in God. He was a man of careful study. As we saw as we went through this book, this was a man who wanted to know exact interpretations of God's word. He wasn't content with surface-level knowledge. He wanted to know the deep things of God. He was a man of faith. If you threatened to throw him into a den of lions, if he didn't do what you asked him to do, contrary to the word of God, he would be thrown into the den of lions. He was a man who stood for truth. He would look high-powered political leaders in the face and tell them the truth. He did it with Nebuchadnezzar. What Daniel is told by God here, Daniel, as you wait for these things to unfold, just go your way. Stay faithful. Stay focused on the word of God. Stay doing your job as prime minister. You just stay faithful till the end. As we come to this final text of scripture, Daniel doesn't understand everything about the end, and there's a message that comes to us from it. Even though we may not grasp everything about prophecy, God will bring to pass precisely what he has predicted in his written word, and then he will establish his kingdom forever. And in the meantime, God's people need to stay focused and faithful until the end of time, till the end of their lives. That's what Daniel's told to do. Daniel, you just... Go your own way until the end. Do your job. Stay focused on carefully understanding the scripture. Stay focused on being a man of prayer. And you wait for the end time to come. Even though the fact of the matter is very few will understand prophecy, God's prophetic plan is going to be worked out. It'll be worked out precisely as he has predicted. The end will unfold just as he has said it will. God wants his people 
as they wait for that moment to carefully study his word, understand his word, and defend his word. That's what he expects of us as we wait for the rapture of the church. He expects you to be a good Christian in your world, in your job, on your job. Do your work. Do it well. Stand out as one who's faithful to the Lord. Stand out as one who wants to carefully understand the truth so that you can defend the truth. That's what Daniel was told to do here. Now, there are three final topics that are addressed that I want to draw to your attention from this finale of the book of Daniel. First of all, what Daniel was supposed to do with this prophetic writing. You'll notice verse 4. But as for you, Daniel, conceal these words and seal up the book until the end of time. Many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. God's basically saying to Daniel, Daniel, your visions are done. You're going to get no more visions. You've been given the information I wanted you to have, and now you've written it in a book. It's time to stop writing. And I want you to notice what's done, the book. In other words, you weren't just to take a verse or two. The book is done. I believe, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot right there. I believe books are to be studied. I believe they're to be studied chapter by chapter. They're to be analyzed in the way that God gave them. Every single word of God is pure. And when he goes to the trouble of seeing to it that there is a book put in print, it's our responsibility as the people of God to carefully understand that book. And that's why we tackle books of the Bible. We study them individually. And you're going to see a great one when we go through Genesis. Now Daniel was told to conceal the words and seal them up until the end time. This was a sealed document. In other words, this is exactly what's going to happen. God's going to do these things. There's nothing going to break these seals. This is going to go down just exactly as been predicted. Now, obviously, since the book of Daniel has been in the Old Testament for many years, this does not mean that the words were not to appear in written form. The fact of the matter is the words that were written in the book of Daniel were not to be hidden from God's people. In fact, it was a book that was to be shared with God's people. Jesus assumed when he was here on earth that people knew the words in the book of Daniel because he referred to the book of Daniel. He said, when you see the abomination of desolation which was spoken of by Daniel the prophet, he assumed that the people should have known who he was based on the book of Daniel. So it doesn't mean that he was to hide the words from people reading it. What this means is the events that Daniel has been describing will not be fully known until they occur at the end. In other words... Daniel himself would not fully grasp everything in the prophetic plan of God, nor to be able to interpret all of the events exactly as they're going to happen, because they've all been designed for end times. They're going to take place in the end, and there will be a lot of things happen in the end that certainly are going to be very, very unique. And I want you to notice what he says in verse 4. Many will go back and forth, and knowledge will increase. Now, At the end of verse 4, it is said that many are going to go back and forth through this book, through the words of Daniel. And as they go back through this book, there will be an increase of prophetic knowledge. In other words, if you want to understand prophecy, you're going to need to understand the book of Revelation. You're going to need to understand the book of Daniel. Many will run through prophecy and they'll try and search things and knowledge will increase. Now, during the tribulation period, it is predicted by the prophet Amos that there is going to be a major drought of knowledge that will actually be part of a judgment of God. During the tribulation, there will be great drought concerning the word of God. Let's just go to the book of Amos for a moment. Just go over right in your Bible a few pages to the book of Amos. Joel Amos in chapter 8. In Amos chapter 8 and verse 11 
Here's what God says he's going to do, and this particularly has application to the tribulation period. In Amos 8.11, Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine for bread or a thirst for water, but rather for hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea and from north even to east, and they will go to and fro, seek the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. Now, during the tribulation period, ladies and gentlemen, there are going to be very few people that can unravel the truth of God. Can you imagine for a moment what it would be like to be in the tribulation period and try to figure out what's going on when you don't have any prophetic clue as to what has happened? The rapture of the church has occurred, so you don't have churches that are given to studying the Bible available anymore, and now you have worldwide catastrophes that are hitting all over the world. People are going to flock and try to find anybody that can unravel or make sense of this stuff during the tribulation period. And that's when the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation will become so important. And those 144,000 will be sealed by God and there'll be those who can propagate the truth that comes right out of these very books. Knowledge will increase as people go back and forth from Daniel to Revelation. And you can be sure of this, in Daniel and Revelation, those books will get high use during the tribulation period. But there also seems to be an application that we can make. It seems to me that as the end time draws near, there's going to be a new revived interest in biblical prophecy. Many will go back and forth through scripture to discover it. It would also seem to me that more and more knowledge is going to increase as the time of the end draws near. Dr. John Wolverd said, it is not too much to say that 20th century interpreter of Daniel may understand these prophecies at a greater clarity than to be able to relate them to history in a way that was impossible in the 6th century B.C. Now there is no doubt if you track church history that there has been a rise of prophetic interest in these days. For example, if you start with doctrine in the early days of the church, the primary doctrines that were first fought for and carefully studied were the doctrine of the Bible, the inspiration of Scripture, which books actually belonged in the Bible. There was a real study of that. And also there was a study on the deity of Jesus Christ. Can we establish that Jesus Christ is God? It seems that in the early days of the church, those were two doctrines that were being fought for. But in the last hundred years, if you check church history, there's absolutely no doubt that there's been a real insurgence in the study of biblical prophecy. Such men as George Peters, J.N. Darby, C.I. Schofield, Lewis Perry Chafer, and a man like John Wolver, they began to unravel some of these great prophecies. This is no coincidence. It's no coincidence that right now there's a great interest in prophetic things. In 1948, when Israel was declared to be a state that really turned the heat up on studying prophecy, people began to realize, my goodness, Israel has her land back. That's clearly predicted in the scriptures to happen. We must be nearing the end. And as a result of that, that set forth a great number of students of Scripture that carefully started analyzing the books of Daniel and the book of Revelation to try and discover truth. And our attitude should always be, until the end, we're going to carefully search the Scriptures as we see these things beginning to shape up and take form. And as one reads Daniel and analyzes past history, and then you see future prophecy, knowledge does increase, when you read Daniel and then you compare it with the prophecies of Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and then you look at Revelation, there's no doubt that the picture becomes much clearer. And those who are serious about the word of God will begin to understand the future plan of God with great certainty and clarity. And we can even know precisely with great detail what is going to happen in the future. 
But as we said, this primarily has to do with the tribulation and Daniel's people. And during the tribulation, many will literally be running to this book of Daniel. I've often wondered what will happen to Texas Corners Bible Church and all these notes that are out there and the tapes that we have out there. What will happen after the rapture of the church when people say, is there a place where we can find out what's in the book of Daniel, what's in the book of Revelation? You see, these books of Daniel and Revelation will become paramount after the rapture of the church. People in the tribulation literally will physically run back and forth trying to find things out so that knowledge can increase, so they can figure out what's going on and where they're at. Now the second final topic is what Daniel saw and heard, verses 5 to 7. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others were standing, one on this bank of the river and the other on that bank of the river. And one said to the man dressed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, how long will it be until the end of these wonders? I heard the man dressed in linen who was above the waters of the river as he raised his right hand and his left toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times, and half a time. And as soon as they finish shattering the power of the holy people, all these events will be completed. Now Daniel saw two other angels standing on two banks of the river. And one of the angels asked the man in linen, how long until all of these things are going to happen that you've just described, this rise of the Antichrist and all the terrible things he's going to do? Now, the river is not named. What we do see by having one of these angelic beings on each side of the river is that God is sovereign in control over what happens regardless of what side of the river and whatever river it is. The river that was previously named was the Tigris River in Daniel chapter 10, verse 4. And the Tigris River, as we know, would be a key place where Alexander the Great and the Greece power would come to reign and dominate the Persians and the Medes, and it's possible that is the place. We know there are two rivers that play an important boundary role when it comes to Israel receiving her land, the river of Egypt, known as the Nile and the Euphrates, which is also stated in Scripture. And we also know that the Euphrates River one day is going to especially be dried up, according to Revelation, so that powers from the east can come into the Promised Land, ultimately setting the stage for the final battle of Armageddon. Now, it isn't said specifically what river is stated, and it's possible that this river issue will become much more critical as the tribulation unfolds. We know the Euphrates is dried up according to Revelation. The Tigris is not said to be dried up. And the Tigris sets east of the Euphrates. So the Euphrates is west. So an eastern power would first have to cross the Tigris before they come to the Euphrates River. I don't know how all that plays out. But one angel specifically wants to know how long until all of this stuff is going to go down. And verse 7 says very specifically three and a half years. A time, times, and half a time. A time and times and half a time is three and a half years, 42 months, or 1260 days. And I want to show you that from Revelation. If you would flip over, please, to Revelation chapter 12. Now, I want you to notice verse 6 of Revelation chapter 12. Because here you have the number of days, which is exactly three and a half years, based on... 360 day years, 360 days in a year. Verse 6, then the woman fled to the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God, this is Israel the woman, so that there she would be nourished for 1,260 days. 1,260 days is three and a half years. Now look down in the same chapter to verse 14. 
But the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman so that she could fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time, times, and half a time. You have exactly the same language that's used here in Daniel that's stated concerning the woman in Revelation. And you'll notice that it is mathematically computed that a time, times, and half a time is three and a half years, 42 months, or 1260 days. This is the amount of time that the Antichrist will have to, as verse 7 says, finish shattering the power of the holy people. In other words, God is going to allow Israel to be dominated and shattered for 1260 days, three and a half years. And when this angel says he raises two hands, usually the raising of one hand would be sufficient. This is showing great solemnity and veracity of these things. These things will happen just as predicted. And before God... These events are going to go down just as precisely as he has said and just as numerically as he has said. Israel, during the last three and a half years of the tribulation, is going to be shattered like she has never been before in world history. And God has allowed 1260 days for that judgment to come against Israel and all the rebellion that she has had against him. The Antichrist will break his covenant with Israel. We've seen that through Daniel three and a half years into the tribulation period. And for three and a half years, 1260 days, he will pour out his wrath on Israel. But there is something very interesting that surrounds all of this. It is the fact that you have these angels present. And that is something that Daniel was able to see that we are able to see as well. Because obviously, God's angels are very much interested in God's program. And God's angels are very much interested, especially in those that are interested and focused on the word of God. And these angels are around Daniel. They're revealing things to Daniel. These angels protect Israel, keep her from being annihilated. These angels are very significant. You and I, I doubt, seriously even begin to grasp the importance of angels that surround us at various times and in various ways that protected us and seen to it that our lives are sustained even to this very hour. That's what Daniel saw and heard. Now that brings us to the final topic, what Daniel wanted to know, verses 8 to 13. As for me, I heard, but could not understand, so I said, My Lord, what will be the outcome of these events? He said, Go your way, Daniel, for these words are concealed and sealed up until the end time. Many will be purged, purified, and refined, but the wicked will act wickedly, and none of the wicked will understand, but those who have insight will understand. From the time that the regular sacrifice is abolished and the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. How blessed is he who keeps waiting and attains to the 1,335 days. But as for you, go your way to the end, then you will enter into the rest and rise again for your allotted portion of the end of the age. Now Daniel was not a guy who was just interested in knowing surface level stuff about the word of God. As we've tracked him through this book, he wants to know precise meanings and precise interpretations of everything. And that's the focus we ought to have. We should not be content with just shallow understanding of the Bible. We should be serious about it, and we should take it very seriously in studying the scriptures, which is really what this church is designed to do. And Daniel wanted to know what would be the outcome of all these events. In fact, he plainly says in verse 8, I do not understand prophecy. That's the honesty that Daniel had before God. I cannot tell you how important that is, that we're honest in our relationship with God. Daniel doesn't try to fool anybody. He said, I just could not understand this stuff. 
And there are times, ladies and gentlemen, when it is just so right to go to the Lord and say, God, help me understand this. Help me to get this. Help me to grasp this. I want to get this from your precious word. I want to understand these books. I want to understand your prophetic program. You have every right as a priest unto God in this dispensation to go to the Lord and ask him to give you understanding and guidance because that's what Daniel wanted. He wanted to know precise understanding of the word of God. That's the right goal. That's the right passion to have until the rapture. That's what we want to be doing until Christ raptures the church, after a precise understanding of the word of God. God says to Daniel, go your way and have that focus until the end. Now these matters pertaining to the movements of the Antichrist in the last three and a half years of the tribulation baffled Daniel. And in verses 9 to 13, Daniel is given six answers to things that we want to see. First of all, these things will happen in the future. Verse 9, he said, go your way. These words are concealed and sealed up until the end time. There are mysteries to the prophetic program of God. The words of Daniel are sealed up until the end time. In other words, Daniel's being told this information will not be completely unraveled until the end time, until they're taking place, until the events are going down. There are things in the Bible that we can clearly understand. I believe the book of Revelation clears up a lot from the book of Daniel. I think we have access to one of the great documents that God gave to us in the church age. It is a letter to the church. It's to be taught to the seven churches of Revelation. It's the book of Revelation. And that unravels a lot of things. But there are still things that are somewhat mysterious. For example, the river issue we just brought up. Why are these two angels standing on the river? Is it the Tigris? We don't know. The Euphrates is predicted to be dried up, so they're probably not standing on the banks of the Euphrates. Perhaps they're on the bank of the Tigris. Maybe in this finale of things, that Tigris river plays a critical part. We don't know. There are numbers here we're going to look at in just a moment. We'll give you a perspective of what we believe those numbers could mean. But in all reality, we don't know specifically what the 1,290 days and the 1,335 days are because we're not told. What we do know is when these things go down, they will go down just exactly as God has said, and they'll be understood in the way that God designed them to be understood. See, that's what Daniel's told. These things will happen in the end. And by the way, there will be an end. Don't kid yourself about that. Don't be duped into believing that it's just going to go on and on and on. There will be an end. And there will be an end to this church age. And frankly, I believe we're rapidly approaching the end of this church age. These are devilish days that we live in. Secondly, many will become righteous because of these things. Verse 10 says that many will be purged, purified, and refined. Now, that primarily has to do with Daniel's people during the tribulation. Many people will go through this spiritual cleansing. The tribulation will bring them to faith in Jesus Christ. And ultimately, many of them will be martyred. This is certainly true during the tribulation. During the last three and a half years, there will be many Jews who will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, there will be many who will be destroyed. Two-thirds of them, Zechariah predicts, will be wiped out of the earth. One-third will make it through the tribulation. Prophecy will be used of God to bring many into a right relationship with him. And prophecy has always been used of God to bring people into a right relationship with him. There's no question. When you study the events of the tribulation, you are studying the wrath of God. And the threat of pending wrath is a tremendous motivation for getting right with God. 
One of the most famous preachers to ever live and preach in the 1700s was Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards has a message that he was famous for. He called it sinners in the hands of an angry God. There are some preachers who believed it is the most terrifying sermon that's ever been preached. I'd like to read to you an excerpt from his message, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. The God that holds you over the pit of hell, much in the same way as one holds a spider or some loathsome insect over the fire, abhors you and is dreadfully provoked. His wrath towards you burns like fire. He looks upon you worthy of nothing else but to be cast into the fire. He is of purer eyes than to bear to have you in his sight. You are 10,000 times more abominable in his eyes than the most hateful venomous serpent in ours. You have offended him infinitely more than ever a stubborn rebel did as prince, and yet it is nothing but his hand that holds you from falling into the fire this very moment. It is to be ascribed to nothing else that you did not go to hell the last night, that you were suffered to wake up again this morning after you closed your eyes to sleep, and there's no other reason to be given why you've not dropped off into hell since you got up this morning but that God's hand has held you up. There's no other reason to be given while you have been reading this address but his mercy, yea, no other reason can be given why you do not this very moment drop down into hell. O sinner, consider the fearful danger you are in. It is a great furnace of wrath, a wide and bottomless pit, full of fire of wrath that you're held over in the hand of God, whose wrath is provoked and incensed as much against you as against many of those damned in hell. You hang by a slender thread with the flames of divine wrath flashing about it and ready every moment to singe it and burn it asunder. And you have no interest in any mediator and nothing to lay hold of to save yourself, nothing to keep off the flames of wrath, nothing of your own, nothing that you have done, nothing that you can do to induce God to spare you one moment. Therefore, flee to Christ. It is said that when Jonathan Edwards would preach that message, he would take his text and he'd hold it right to his eyes and read it. And before that text was over, there were people jumping up in the service saying, what must I do to be saved? I don't want to drop into that hell. See, he was preaching about a fire to come. And many do become righteous because of prophetic truth. The third answer is many will continue to act wickedly in spite of the things in Daniel. Verse 10 says, but the wicked will act wickedly. Daniel will not change wicked people. Prophecy conferences will not change wicked people. Even though God has laid out exactly what's going to happen to wicked people, it will not stop them from being wicked. I know of a case in which a minister confronted a man with the reality of eternal hell and he said, I'll go to hell. And by the way, which of the two categories are you in today? Those who are becoming righteous or those who are becoming more wicked? The fourth answer is only wise people may understand prophetic things. The text says, and none of the wicked will have understanding, but those who have insight will understand. Wicked people are interested in biblical prophecy, but they don't have a clue as to what is going on. When they see some tragedy hit, like on the Gulf Coast, they can't fathom the idea that there could be a God that's caving in that part of the world. They don't have a clue, the foggiest idea, of how a mudslide or an earthquake could send people into their graves and into eternity. They don't understand the word of God. They don't have the foggiest idea. The understanding of biblical prophecy requires a godly spirituality, and it also requires an intense understanding of the word of God and also the Holy Spirit. 
Wicked people do not have godliness. They do not have a passion to want to carefully know the word of God. They do not have the Holy Spirit of God. Therefore, they don't know what's going down. The fifth answer is the three and a half years will end with a 30-day and 45-day interval between the tribulation and the millennium. Now, you'll notice in verse 11, from the time that the regular sacrifice is abolished and the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. That is 30 days more than the 1,260 days that we read in the book of Revelation. It probably will be during that 30-day period that there will be a judgment of Israel. Ezekiel predicts that at the end of the tribulation period. The end result is Israel will be in her land with the blessings of God. And then you'll notice there are 45 more days tacked on before you have the millennial kingdom established. That 45 more days takes us to 1,335 days and probably will include the judgment of the nations. We know that when Jesus Christ comes back, according to Matthew chapter 25, before the millennium actually begins, all the nations are going to be brought before him to face him. It's possible that this is talking about a 45-day judgment period in which the nations are judged. And one of the key factors of this judgment will be, ironically, how Gentiles treated the Jews during the terrible tribulation. Regardless of what those day numbers mean, you can be absolutely certain of this. As previously we saw, the numbers were very exact in the time predicted until Antiochus Epiphanes would set up his terrible abomination of desolation in the temple and it came to fruition in exactly the days predicted. It will be these exact days that will be on the line. It will be exactly 1,290 days until Israel is again established with worship in her temple and probably has been judged to worship in the temple. And it will be another 45 days until the nations have been judged and the millennium is established. The final answer is that Daniel will die but then be raised up and allotted a great portion in the millennium. He says in verse 13, But as for you, go your way to the end, then you will enter into rest and rise again for your allotted portion at the end of the age. What a life this guy had. What a life he lived. What an impact he made. Daniel was well into his 90s by now. And God tells him, go back to your life, Daniel, until it ends. Live in the real world. Be the kind of man you've been. Be a man who prays. Be a man who studies carefully the word of God. Do your work. Do it well. Daniel was a man who actually died in exile. He died in the land of a stranger. He was a man who lived through the rise and fall of the Babylonian Empire. He was a man who worked for the Medes and Persians. He was a man who longed for the Messiah, but Daniel wouldn't see it. But Daniel is told, you're going to enter into rest, Daniel. You're going to die, but then you're going to be raised up. And you're going to one day be raised up to be a great honorable saint, I believe, in the millennium. And even though the plan of God was massive, controlling political powers of the world, whether it was the Babylonian power, or the Medo-Persian power, or the Greece power, or the Roman power, or the Antichrist power. It's massive, controlling everything. It was also individual. And God said, I've taken a personal interest in you, Daniel, and I'm going to raise you back up, and you're going to hold a high-ranking executive position one day in my kingdom. Dr. John Wolverd concluded his study in the book of Daniel by saying, in the light of the world conditions today, which would seem to anticipate the fulfillment of Daniel's time of the end. It is possible to understand Daniel today as never before in history. The hour may not be far distant when faithful saints 
in the midst of trial, in the great tribulation, will turn to these pages of scripture and find in them the strength and courage to remain true even though it means a martyr's death. For Christians living in the age of grace, the book of Daniel has never before cast a broad light upon contemporary events foreshadowing the consummation which may not be far distant. You see, just as Daniel read the handwriting on the wall, so we need to read the handwriting on the wall. The rapture is very near. And notice, at the end of the age, there will come an end. And I can't wait for that. And I hope you're ready for that, the end of this church age. I'm sick of this world. I'm sick of watching a football game on Thanksgiving and having a burlesque show at halftime. I'm sick of it. There's nothing cute or funny about it. I'm sick of not being able to just turn on television and watch something that's good, that's wholesome, that's clean. I'm sick of this junk. I'm sick of this lousy world, and it's going to come to an end. And the clock of the prophetic program of God is on the move. So you keep this in mind this week. You be faithful in your job. You be faithful in your world. And you work through the trials and the troubles. And you work through the temptations. And you work through the setbacks. And you stay focused. The handwriting is on the wall. And the end of the church age is very near. And do you know today, if this age were to end today, that you're in a right relationship with the righteous God who's going to pour out his wrath on this world? You can know it. And you can solve it. May we pray. The wrath of God is aimed against this God-rejecting world. And if you do not know Jesus Christ, it's aimed straight at you. And you have life today because God granted you life. You woke up this morning because God said, I'll give you another day. But don't let this day end without being in a right relationship with him because the world is under the wrath of God and will one day suffer it. Daniel has taught us that. If you're here and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, let's settle it right here, right now. In this very moment, you pray something like this, God, I am a sinner. I thank you that Jesus Christ died on that cross for all my sins. And right now, I place my faith in him to be my Savior. Our Father, we thank you for this marvelous journey we've been able to take through this precious book. For anything that you've accomplished as we've gone through it, we want to thank you. It's your word. It's your work. We are so grateful that you took the time out of your existence that is eternal to give us a book that would lay out so clearly what's going down in the future. And as we wait for the blessed end, may we be found faithful Daniel types, people of prayer, people of intense study of the word, people of faith. In Jesus' name, amen.